We begin with a simple meditation, allowing your body to relax and enjoy the conversation which is to come. Sit comfortably and when you are able to, close your eyes. Place your attention on your breath as you inhale and exhale through your nose. With each inhale, drive your breath into your belly, allowing it to expand. And as you exhale, allow the breath to exit with a gentle sigh. One more deep breath in, into your belly. And a gentle exhale as you sigh. And again, a deep inhale into your belly, allowing for a full exhale as you sigh. As you bring your breath to a regular calm pace, inhaling and exhaling through your nose, allow for a wave of relaxation to wash over your body. Finding any areas that may be holding tension. Begin scanning at the top of your head, noticing your brow, your jaw, and releasing any tension. Scan your neck, your shoulders, lifting your shoulders up to your ears and allowing them to drop. And again, lifting the shoulders up to the ears and allowing them to drop. Feeling the weight of the world rolling off. As you continue to relax, allow your chest and your upper back to release as you become aware of the beating of your heart in your chest. You may gently place your fingertips on your sternum, feeling the beating of your heart. Chin to chest in gratitude. As you continue to relax, let any tension go from your belly and you may place one hand on your heart and one on your belly, connecting the vibration of these two centers through your hands. Release even further, feeling the weight of your body on your seat as you place your hands on your lap. Allow for this wave of relaxation to wash over your legs, puddling at your feet with any traces of tension disappearing into the ground. Continue to inhale and exhale through your nose, allowing yourself to relax even further Breathe for another three rounds of breath. And when you're ready, you may open your eyes. Hello, and welcome to the Live Journal Podcast. I'm your host, Paola Atlason, holistic nutritionist and wellness coach. 
During the show, I will be in conversation with renowned wellness experts in service to their community. We'll be sharing personal stories, tips and tricks, and the self-care rituals which keep them grounded. Let's begin. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to Fun Friday Chat, um, a space where I'm in conversation with people that are having um, positive impact in their communities in hopes that you get inspired. Um, usually these stories are of people that have made a big change in their life, pursuing their passions and their purpose. And for me, it's, it's always an honor to share what these stories are, um, especially as somebody that also made a big change in her life at a later age. And um, it's, it's often difficult to be in that space, right? So when we hear other people's stories and the successes they've had and the ups and downs they've had, um, then maybe we can look at our lives and see what other changes we may want to make. So today we're going to be speaking to Justine Lackey, and she is somebody that I respect highly. She is a financial wizard. I will allow her to describe best what she does, but I feel that we find that often for women speaking about money or understanding money or being in control of their finances seem to be taboo and seems to be a difficult task and undertaking. And this may have to do with a lot of scary, uh, scarcity um, stories we carry from from our parents, from our grandparents. Um, you know, as you know, women haven't had a, a long history in being in charge of their finances. So I, I, I'm excited to talk to Justine and unpack that a little bit as she shares her, her story as well. And as always, you're welcome to send your questions here if you are watching live today. If you are listening to the podcast, you can still send questions in. Uh, you can email me paula at paula at live, and I will relay these um, messages to Justine if the questions are for her and I'll answer the questions if they are for you. So Justine, I see you here. If you just ask to join, if you click on the little video with a plus sign, I will let you in and we can start our conversation. I do want to make an announcement. If you are interested in my coaching programs, I have a group starting on Tuesday, the 22nd, 222, which is a very auspicious number, an auspicious day to begin something. If you're looking to understand your story around food, change some habits, include some nice, new, healthy rituals into your day-to-day, learn how to eat, to feel happy, healthy, and free of all the nonsense that we may be carrying regarding uh, food around food. If you're looking to release some unhealthy weight, minimize inflammation in your body, and just learn how to have a solid morning routine, evening routine, and how to care for yourself throughout the day, I have space on Tuesday. Justine, it's at the bottom next to comments. There's a little camera with a plus sign. Do you see that? Let me see if I can ask you. But so, yes, if you guys are interested, 222, my next group is not going to be until end of March. And the cadence will be that I have one group every month. So if you want to join, get in touch with me. Space is very limited. The groups are small, so it's very intimate. We hang out for eight weeks. We become best friends. You build a community you share with, and you learn a lot of really cool stuff that you can continue to thrive with as you move forward in your own personal journey. So DM me, email me, check out my website, 
website Paola Atlason.live. There are many ways in which you can find me. You can join the Paola gang as well. But without further ado, I'm going to let Justine in and start chatting today. It always takes a minute, right? This is that awkward moment. Hi! Hi! I'm like, awkward moment. Look at that hair. <laughs> you look Hi, beautiful. how are you? I'm good. How are you? I love that eye looking at ah, Yeah. So, yeah, this is the she shed. The I would, first day we spoke, and I remember <laughs> it. Now I feel like it's looking at me. <laughs> yeah. So, somebody made the point where I move my head, it looks like the pupil's moving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, are you? how are you? You're looking radiant as always. Thank you. I took a good shower today. Oh, <laughs> you, that, that always helps. <laughs> signature red lips. So Justine, I'm going to just be asking you a bunch of questions about yourself and money and all the juicy things that we've been talking about. I know Justine personally because she supports me with my finances and we've been working together for maybe about a year now, close to a year, yeah. a quarter. Mm -hmm started working Q2 of last year, but it has been a game changer for me because even at 45 years old, I felt so messy with my finances. I was just like, and it's, it's like stupid stuff, but it, the <laughs> you know, it's like, I remember being younger and now wanting to open bills. I did that. Like yeah. I would open the phone bill thinking it would magically disappear, but any <laughs> anymore I'm not a kid and I'm still making or hopefully I've learned right I was right. still mistake so I want to unpack that a little bit women and money but first please share with us who you are what you do and how you ended up doing what you're doing oh girl you only got 45 <laughs> minutes <laughs> so uh, yeah so my name is Justine Lackey uh, my firm is called Good Sense Management we were formerly Good Sense Bookkeeping, but um, we, we did a brand change this year. I have actually been doing bookkeeping for over 20 years. And like you, I got my start in fashion. So I would go around from studio to studio. And um, then I got pregnant and I was literally like climbing into a loft in heels, pregnant in the middle of the fashion district at a stylist's apartment. I'm like, what am I doing? I had to figure out how to do this from home. So that's how I started like the first virtual bookkeeping practice by using messengers and FedEx and like very early on. Um, so that's one thing I do. I, I provide small business owners like you with bookkeeping support. We really do a full uh, suite of services. Sometimes it's just managing the day-to-day -day book so that you can feel clean about it and you can get your taxes prepared correctly and on time. Taking that pressure off of the small business owner gives them the brain space that they need to do their magic and in the world. Um, but we also act as a full scale accounting department for larger agencies and larger businesses where we, we handle everything from accounts payable, the payroll, the whole shebang. The second venture that I have, which is actually something that I'm just starting in 2022, I've done a little bit over the years, but I'm launching a uh, bookkeeping mentorship program. So that's launching in March. And we're super excited about it. You can find out information under Justine Lackey. So that's my Instagram. And yeah, that's that's the kit and caboodle. So from there, um, after working many years as a solopreneur and just bouncing around from studio to studio, I launched Good Sense as a corp about 15 years ago. So now we are 
a team of 12. We're in five different states and we serve about 85, 90 clients all across the country. That's beautiful. I love it. And I love of out of a moment of, um, of like WTF comes an idea of I could be doing things differently. Why do I have to do things this way? So what was, how was it for you to change careers? Like how, how did that feel? Like? What was that process? Because when, you know, for me, when I went from fashion to wellness, it didn't happen overnight. It was actually a pretty, for me, it was a, a roller coaster because I was tar- trying to do or starting to do something completely disconnected from what I was doing. But sometimes people think it happens overnight. So what was your process in, in shifting gears? From being a solopreneur to owning a firm, that component of it? Or even the first component, you climbing that loft, saying I could do oh. things, and then growing into a, now having a team of people. Yeah, I mean, I think really the, the moment for me was like, this isn't safe. Like I'm in heels, I'm, I'm almost six months pregnant and I am literally climbing a rickety ass ladder. (laughs) (laughs) And like, and of course, like as the freelance bookkeeper, you always got the worst desk in the office. Like this was like, you know, so I was always, I was like in this like cramped little space. And for me, it was just like about safety and my baby. And just like, I don't have to tolerate having the worst desk in the office. I could do this from home. Um, and prior to that, the, the back back story is I helped start, um, not as an owner, but as one of the key employees, start the first internet cafe in New York City in 1996. So oh, wow. I always, yeah, so I've always been very tech central. Um, you know, I hosted one of the first live internet video chats with Jerry Brown and Rudy, uh, Rudy Giuliani. So it was crazy, you know, it was a long time ago. Um, so I knew that I had the tech, uh, the tech prowess to be able to do this from home. And, um, so that's really kind of what happened in terms of how I went from a, being a freelancer to being, um, a firm owner. That was like an accident. I just, I had. I had a really great network. We still have a great network and I just had too much work. So I had to get other hands in the firm to help me be able to perform. And it's just grown like little by little. And I'm very grateful. Like my team is amazing. We're all women. We, you know, it's just, um, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, like not doing things differently or not marching to the beat of the, you know, everybody's drum. And that's how I feel like we are at Good Sense because um, I really believe in feminine leadership, right? We can do things like we don't have to operate the way that everybody tells us we have to operate, which is to be completely driven always by the bottom line at the expense of people's health. And that's just like not my jam. I love that. And I do feel that, you know, I have worked with other women with and they take a very old school, harsh, masculine approach at working with you. It's very different. You are very modern. You're very practical. You offer explanations. I, I, I'm, a, I'm the type of person that if I don't know something and I don't understand it, when I ask a question, you can give me an answer. And I will, I will, if I can understand what's going on, that's it. We move on. At least I know what's going on. I feel like a lot of women are that way. Like we just need to understand what we're doing. And especially when it comes to finances, some of the, some of the, the stories I've dealt with is, oh, no, don't worry. Just do what I'm telling you. Just 
trust me. And it's like, I can't do that. So coming, I'm so glad that I met you and, and your team. And it's a different, it's a different approach that you have. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think just, you know, I grew up in a family with 14 first cousins. Um, so <laughs> when I first met my husband, we were having a family event. And I was like, if you really love me, you'll remember all of their names. Of course, they're all married. And they all have children. So, um, and you know, it was, I grew up with an Italian, Irish, Catholic background. It was always a lot of, you know, very gregarious, very loving, also a little crazy, but um, that sort of nurturing component is just, I think, part of my DNA. And, um, you know, but at the same time, myself, like everybody, you know, I've had money challenges, I've had money hurdles. And the thing that I really hate is, um, you know, when people are condescending, you know, and, and there's a lot of that, especially in the old school, like accounting worlds. Um, and it's, it's, it is so disrespectful and it's totally unnecessary. I mean, these are, these are in some ways, they are incredibly complex topics and they're made that way because, you know, the IRS code is 77,000 pages long. I mean, it's just, so you have to have patience to be in this industry. And, um, you know, for better or worse, money is completely connected to our survival. And people get really activated about it, you know, and you have like, it's it literally, my own personal philosophy is that money trauma and money stress activates the fight or flight mechanism in the brain, because it is directly connected to your survival. So that's a little woo, but I'm, I'm totally convinced of it. I agree with you a thousand percent. So I had a recent episode where I realized I had made another mistake that I vowed it will never happen. And it was something so silly, but it activated my nervous system in a way. Sleep mm -hmm. for a week. I was just like, my heart was pulsing. I have this thing where when I, when I get really stressed, my back hurts my back gets activated i mean there's so many nerves there yeah and it was like i was punched in the stomach right and then yeah and that's what? a terrible way to feel yeah and it was it, and it wasn't you know i'm like okay now after i understood that there's actually a solution to the problem and you were very graceful and explaining and supporting a lot in your team and then you calm down but i hadn't felt that activated since you know, when I first came to New York and I have $5 in my pocket and I didn't know how I was going to eat lunch, you know, and that, that kind of stress, money stress. But I have to tell you throughout the years, even when I've made a, a good salary, even when I was in corporate or, or in my own business, there's this um, feeling of scarcity that I feel a lot of women carry around money, even if you have it in it. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like we're, we're very, it's very easy to teach us how to spend it, but we're not being taught how to manage it and how to save it. I, I don't think those resource are, resources are available in general. You know, whether that's by design or default, I don't know. Um, but you know, he who, he who controls the purse strings controls the power, right? So why aren't we teaching financial literacy in schools? That's a question, why you not? know? Um, so I, I agree with you, you know, marketing to women, we know it's very refined and very pointed and 
people get us to spend money. I once read a study that when women hear the click of their shoes on marble floors, they feel more powerful. And that is why malls have marble floors because wow. I know, right? So like talking about how they like tinker with you for that. But also, you know, the scarcity thing, especially if, if you've come from a background where that has been part of your programming or your history, it's, that is, that is, you know, it is encoded into your neurochemistry, like it, th those brain pathways exist. So it's very hard to break out of that. It's like a, an eating pattern or a health pattern where you have to reprogram yourself. Um, <clears throat> so some of that will go away. But even if you, even no matter how large your bank account grows, you if if you want that feeling to go away it's a mindset issue and you need to practice working with that and getting over that and also not self-sabotaging that because people self-sabotage a lot too so well like you self-sabotage when you don't know the story and where it comes from and you and i were having a side conversation which i love by the way because you were diving in um and and you got me thinking about our conversation and one of the points you made was in a past interview with mary we were mm -hmm. talking exercise and she was saying how some people say it's so hard it's so hard it's so hard and then you realize it's not that hard and then making a parallel between your food story and habits and your money habits and they're very Correct. it's like how you're eating and how you're approaching healthy eating and healthy food has a direct correlation on how the health of your money and finances is. Right. And I think, I think to your point where, you know, it's a continuous process. Like you have to stay engaged. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, at 20, 30, 40, 50, there's a financial season of every life, but you have to participate in that process. Now let's say, you know, everything, let's say you're a hot mess right now. You're a hot money mess. That's okay. You, as like, the first step is acknowledging the problem, right? And you do have to do a little bit of that legwork first to get set up, right? So taking a class, reading a book, getting, you know, Mint set up or Credit Card or any of these sort of easier programs. And um, it's like going through a program like yours where you learn the techniques that you need to use to sustain the lifestyle change, right? So it's not like a, a one and done. I, I once had a person tell me like, oh, I just wanna, you know, I wanna pay some sort of ridiculously insulting amount of money for, you know, for financial service and that's it, I want it to be done. And I'm like, but you can't like, it's like saying, okay, I wanna, I wanna pay for one session of therapy and fix all my problems. Like, it's not like that, is it? It's a process where you have to stay engaged. Yeah. And even for myself, like I, you know, I, I, I told you this because you were talking about wellness habits, you know, like I'm a big fan of stickers. I think they're like, like I have so much fun with them and like, you know, tracking my money. I have a, a process where I either I'm tracking for the business or for personally daily. But from when that was many years ago, that setup is always the challenge. The easy part is once it's set up, it's like, it's like five minutes, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't take much long, you know, very long at all. So what are some, what are some tips for somebody that feel, you know, they don't have a business, a regular, you get, you have money you, that you get in and out every month, but you don't need to manage a business. What are some practical things 
a woman can do in her day-to-day -day if she's feeling like I'm spending all my money and I don't know where it's going. You know where you're going. It's like usually shoes and food, right? That was that was my, my drug. It's like I'm either buying really expensive shoes or I'm eating out all the time. But there are, you know, there are bigger things you can see. <laughs> I bought shoes. I bought a big ticket item versus the little leaks, right? So what are some tips you can give somebody that their money's yeah. just kind of ripping away? Yeah, so I, you know, we know that social media is like, it's both um, a blessing and a curse. But if you're a person who feels comfortable asking, I would simply ask on social, like, what was what's what's been the biggest thing that's helped you change your money habits or your money journey, right? So some people are going to recommend a book, some people are going to recommend an app, some people are going to re recommend, you know, using envelopes, Everybody has a different process and you might have to try a couple of different things. I will tell you, Mint is super easy to use. So you can use an app on your phone. It connects to your bank accounts. You can start tracking your spending. Similar to tracking the food that you're eating and seeing how you feel, right? Um, that's a, a really good one. One that is like has a wild fan base is called YNAB, which is an acronym for youneedabudget.com. What I love about them, first of all, they're a very, they're a small, well, they're a smaller business, but it was started by a couple. <clears throat> and um, the education component around using their product and um, working with your money, accumulating your wealth is phenomenal. And it's all free. They have like webinars on, on using their app, webinars on paying off debt, webinars on this. So uh, it's a great product. I have no skin in that game. There's not, I don't have like an affiliate relationship. Um, so those are, some things, you know, uh, the obvious things. I mean, you, you hear it all the time. It's like, oh, put savings on autopilot, right? And um, one of the things that will help you get out of that scarcity mentality is if you have a little bit of a buffer, right? If you are not totally living paycheck to paycheck. And I know that feeling. I mean, you know, part of my journey was um, I started, I started the firm, actually, I had my children were six and four, and I was going through a divorce. Um, so I was really paycheck to paycheck at that point. But what takes what gives you that brain buffer is having a little nest egg. So even if you're putting away $25 every paycheck, you really won't feel it because you won't have it to spend it. But then at the end of the year, when you have $600 or $1,000, it doesn't sound like a ton of money. But that emotional space that it creates. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so I would definitely say those are two really good places. You know, reading some books about money are always good. So yeah. But I, I love what you're saying that regardless what to, I mean, I tried Mint, I tried QuickBooks, I tried this. It wasn't until and it's, it has a, a, a direct parallel to my my wellness, my uh, healing self healing journey, whatever we want to. It wasn't until I had the awareness of what I was doing and sat down and made myself accountable for the mess that I had. Is it, you, right. you don't, if you can't change your mindset around it and you're trying to figure out how to trick it. I mean, there's a lot of trickery almost, I feel like that happens. Like I would have a savings account, but then I would use the money, you know, it was like a hot mess, but it isn't until you change your mindset. And I love that connection you're making to educate yourself you have to if something is unknown if something is taboo if something feels so uh, ungraspable 
it's just always going to trigger you. There's always going to be an emotional attachment to it because you're not seeing the logical, practical side to it, right? It's, it's just like this mystery that that's yeah. not, we're not talking about. Yeah, and I, you know, I do think that, you know, temptation is real, right? Oh, my girlfriends are going to Miami or I want to do this or, you know, impulse control is a thing. Having that savings account not connected to your ATM card is critical. In fact, not even having it at your primary bank is really important. Because if you have your savings account and your checking account at, Sa at Chase, oh, boom, you open up the app, you transfer the funds from the savings account to the bank account, and boom, that's that. If you hold it at a, a different bank, you know, Amex has a very good um, savings program. Capital Capital One is pretty good. You know, you can look and search for the best interest rates. But um, <clears throat> if the bank, if your savings account is not at the same bank where your primary checking account is, it takes, it can take a couple of days for that money to get from that bank to your bank. Even though we know on the back end it's happening digitally and it's, it's instantaneous. It's still, they make you wait for it. So that's an impulse that's um, a barrier, you know, um, a stopgap. So I would, if you're going to do it, make sure that it's in a separate place. And that's a practice that I have even for myself. I love that because, you know, there's a lot of, in, when we study the neuroscience of impulses, of, of doing stuff, you know, drinking, gambling, sex, all the, all the good things that are bad, mm -hmm. it's a dopaminergic action it's a it's a it's a hit i need that it's not i want that it's i need that but that mm -hmm. only so long now with the access to media we have and people pushing ads on us the ping is consistent but having that delay of not having access to the funds immediately will they yep. you know get the craving to to calm down a little bit what are other leaks that you see commonly women see, thinking, oh, I shop too much, but actually the money's not going to shopping. It's, it's in other little random things. What are some common? Yeah, I mean, well, we all know that Target is just the devil. <laughs> so I think, I think every woman should stay away from that. And let me tell you, I love me some Target. But it's funny, I used to, when my, uh, you know, my, my oldest actually started college this year, but when I used to go to Target 20 years ago, I used to call it the $100 store because I could never leave there without spending it $100. Now I call it the $300 store because I have three kids. I don't even go there with them. So, for... <laughs> so shopping, obviously, is the big one. Um, you know, it's frittering. It's not, you know, that's why I think tracking your money becomes really important. Um, I recently, I was just trolling all of my credit cards. And this happened to me, bookkeeper, money person. I went through and I was like, why, why, for the love of God, do I have like 19, it wasn't 19, it was actually nine, like iTunes things, like $2.99, $4.99, but monthly it was like $55, you know, and they're very sneaky mm -hmm. because when you go into iTunes, you can see your subscriptions, like if you purchase Calm or Peloton or any one of those, well, maybe not, maybe not Peloton, but there are subscriptions that actually go through the phone company that are connected to the iPhones that you don't see in your subscriptions and you can't stop them until you, now I have four phones in my house. We have to go to each one and figure out where those are. So I know that it's only $3 here or $4 there, $6 there, but cumulatively speaking, now you're talking about $1,000 a year 
right? Yeah. But what people don't realize is you have to make twelve or thirteen hundred dollars first before you have a thousand dollars to spend because you have to pay the government before you get money into your bank account. It's yeah. not a thousand dollars; it's thirteen hundred dollars. So I always think about things like in 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 pre-tax dollars. If I go and I say, okay, I have to, <clears throat> you know, I am gonna install new doors on my house and it's five thousand dollars no it's not five thousand it's sixty five hundred because i have to make sixty five hundred to get the five grand so and that's something you know the upsells upsells happen everywhere it used to be like in a restaurant like you sit down you know you, you, know, you want tap, you know sparkling or still water or tap like upsells happen everywhere you know, they happen for warranties. I mean, you can buy warranties on like sheets now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know, like, um, all the little tidy upsells on cell phones, uh, you know, cable bills. So it's not, it's not the one spend. It's being mindful of all the different little components of the spends. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's really important. I also want to say this, um, and man, I wish I'll, I'll, I'll send you it. I'll find it. There is this one woman that I follow on Instagram and her whole jam is about negotiations. Hmm. So women have, especially people, and this goes whether you're in business or not, but women have to get better at negotiating for money, right? Because especially when you're starting a new job, because negotiating for a salary when you start a new job is easier than when you're in the job and trying to negotiate for a raise most of the time, unless you're having a significant title change. So asking for the money is huge. And that also speaks, you know, to entrepreneurship, like being able to ask for the money, like this is what, um, this is the money that I want to earn. And this is the value of the program, or this is the value I bring as an employee, because we're not taught that at all. No, we're actually, I feel that I remember negotiating a salary um, I was working at, with a recruiter at the time when I was in fashion and I was, I, when I was in tech, I've had so many different hats, but I was in tech for a while. I was a web designer and yeah. they were really well. These people were just recruiting people and they will pay you and give you yoga lessons and money and all that stuff. Right. So my salary number was good. But when I moved into fashion, it was low. So as, an, as my first job, I had a good salary. But then as I started going up in my fashion career, I wasn't getting paid enough. And I remember having the opportunity. I was changing from one job to another. And I was like, okay, this is my chance to claim my, my price. And I was working with a, a woman, a female recruiter. And I told her what I was thinking. And it was, it was a hefty jump. And she was like, absolutely not. Uh, they know your history, which now it's not legal apparently to ask people how much they made, they made or make. Yeah. That time people would be how much you make, and they'll give you like couple, couple a little bit more. And she said, no, they already know how much you make. I already told them. I'm like, and I said, no, I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna ask for this, and if not, I'll stay in this job. It's not that I hate this job. I'm trying to move up, you know. And I, she was, no, no, no. And I went to the interview. And I showed my portfolio and I was very confident that what I was asking for wasn't too much. And I gave the person the number and I got the job. And the woman, rather than calling me to be, to congratulate me, she was upset with me. She said, you embarrassed me. I'm like, aren't you getting a better commission from that too? Like why? That's crazy. But see, that's a form of self-sabotage, right? Like she, maybe she had her own mindset to break through. But that's, that's also, I think we're, I think we're, getting out of that much more now where 
you know, I always say we're here to lift each other up, not tear each other down, you know, and women, I think, especially early, more recently, we're, we're on the side of lifting each other up, right? But that was not always the case. Um, so, and I think that probably illustrates that really well. She was more concerned about, about the fact that you stepped on her toes rather <laughs> than giving you a high five and be like, yo, you dropped it. And we both are getting paid, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like that's what we're like, that's what should happen there in that scenario. Um, so yeah, I mean, negotiating for money is, is a big deal. Yeah, and especially, you know, like in what I do, in the field that I am, I don't, I don't think there are presets yet for how much people charge for anything. I feel like we're kind of making it up as we go along and, sure. you know, going through the exercise of what is an hour of my time, what's the value of an hour of my time, and then um, shaping my, my program pricing and um, around that. But what do you think of somebody starting, an entrepreneur starting a new business, one of these new things that don't really have a history, like in fact, you know what the brackets are, right? If probably in finance and accounting, there are brackets. If you work here, these are the levels. Da, da, da. But in the all of these new careers, all of these new entrepreneurial ventures people have, what is a good way for somebody to set a price? So um, there are a lot of new entrepreneurial ventures, but everything is sort of a, a reiteration of something else, right? So there are it could be group coaching in making ceramics or group coaching in nutrition. There are industry standards or formats that you can follow for that particular type of design. Retail but has certain ratios about what you're gonna mark up, whether you're a luxury brand or groceries. So I would just start by looking for industry standards, group coaching, industry standards, bookkeeping rights. Um, and, and you're gonna find that that fluctuates. Even in the accounting world, there's um, it's constant argument versus do you bill on value-based billing, which is a flat rate the whole time, or do you bill on hourly? Um, and people feel so strongly about their rights. The thing is, is that that's not true. There's something that's right for you and your client base. Now, I will say this, um, and, it, and it goes back to what you were explaining or sharing about your um, landing this fashion job. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got, I was a very young um, woman working at a, a designer furniture studio in Manhattan. And um, the owner told me, if you don't ask, the answer still no. So what that means is like, if you don't ask for the $5,000, the answer still no. So, you know, um, and sometimes that takes a little trial and error. You know, sometimes it's connected to your selling skills. So, but every time you get the no, that's an opportunity to learn. Why, why didn't you say yes? Was it the pricing? Was it the value? Was it, I wasn't going to, in this particular package, didn't meet your needs. Being responsive to your market is, is critical. And I, I love that piece of information because being responsive and being aware, but also getting out of your own story when asking for money. <clears throat> I learned that really helped me were you're not really spending one hour working with somebody. So you don't build one hour that you're face to face. You have to tally in all the work that happens when you're not talking to them. And the second one was not everybody is in, in the same financial position as you. So you shouldn't assume that they can't pay you. Maybe mm -hmm. not financially secure at that moment. You, you can't think that way because we tend to project, oh, maybe they don't have the money. Maybe they can't pay me. It's like, you got to get yourself out of the story. 
Yeah, so um, I can't remember who it was. And it was actually recent, but I loved the saying. And I've repeated it several times since then, which is, you know, don't don't guard the don't guard your customers purse strings. Right? Like you what and what that means is don't bring your own baggage into that conversation. You know, you know, really articulate your value and why you're asking for for that amount of money. So I love that. Yes, that's beautiful. And 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 be ask for your value, which is something I was randomly watching something before we came on. I guess L'Oreal launched this campaign with Kate Winslet and she's wearing a full face of makeup and the shot is, you know, very close up and looking at her beautiful skin and her beautiful makeup and she's saying, I'm worth it. I'm worth it. And she said, No, mm -hmm. it's it easy to say I'm worth it when you have a when you're looking like this and then she starts wiping off all the makeup and goes oh. into long speech and saying, you know, you should feel worth it even if you're naked. You should feel worth it if even if you don't have makeup on. Right. Feel, and it was it was very powerful. I mean, of course, they want us to buy the makeup, but right, <laughs> you sh you could be um, worth it. And it's it's another story that as women we carry is: Am I worth it? Am I trustworthy? Do I know enough? Am I doing enough? Am I and and we have it, and not even in comparison to other people, but in, in general as a woman especially in, in, for example, in the field that you're in finance, it has such a masculine energy yeah. how we to become smaller. You're not. I mean, I, you are so powerful to me. Like you just have this energy <laughs> and you always have your red lips and your hair and your dancing. So you're infusing so much femininity yeah. into a field that is so masculine, right? Yeah. Um, it's funny, I was actually raised by my father from the time I was 12, so I always considered, and I think it was, I think it might have been Leslie who was talking about that money does have a very masculine energy, right? And and that's the history of it, right? When you think of a banker, you think of like, you know, like Mr. Magoo, like, you know, it's like old. Um, but, you know, I think New York kind of teaches you that. I think entrepreneurship kind of teaches you that. It's the tenacity you know, and um, really just going for it. I think that you have to, when you, when you start out on the journey of entrepreneurship, you have to be accepting that you're going to make mistakes, right? Because perfectionism is a disease. It's a terrible disease that many women suffer from, especially ambitious women. So you're not going to get it right 100% of the time. But what you can get right 100% of the time is being introspective about that and trying to learn from those experiences so that you can get better at it. Um, the other thing I will say is that <clears throat> I both love and um, dislike this conversation about, you know, know your worth, oh, you know, own your worth. Um, because I have seen, um, I have seen people engage in entrepreneurship programs or coaching programs that have huge promises they are wildly expensive and they really miss the mark and i've seen people debt to go into these programs and i would caution new entrepreneurs around that to just make sure you're making those decisions with a hundred percent awareness you know selling people who are really good at selling they're just like the people you're talking about they get the money to you know the women to spend the money so, um, and I mentioned that because there's a, listen, I'm in a really, it's, it's very expensive masterminds uh, and training program, 
but it's been incredible. Um, so they do exist, but I just, I have seen a lot of people get hurt by that. And, and because part of that selling conversation is like, well, I know my value and I know this program is worth this and it's going to change your life and it's going to do this and this and this and this and this and this. And then if you actually ask that person, okay, like what's the return on investment? And this, I, this is a true story. This happened to me. My daughter is 10 today. I was pregnant with my daughter 10 years ago and um, a very high profile entrepreneur all over social was launching a group program. It was $20,000. For me at that point, I was like, yo, I think that was like the down payment of my house because I was literally living in a cottage. And I was like, I was like, okay, so if I if I give you twenty thousand dollars, what's the return on my investment? And do you know what she said to me? Mm. She said, Oh, I don't know what it is, but I'm sure it's something. And I'm like, you don't go into a conversation telling somebody to spend 20 grand with you and then not have some numbers like, Hey, we had this many people go through the program and they multiplied their revenue by this amount. Like, yeah. So I didn't go on that one. So many people know how to talk, but they don't need yeah. talk their talk, right? They're just yeah. talk, talk. And there are so many people that know how to speak. And usually these are people that, sometimes don't have a lot of you and you can tell the tone though i feel like when somebody is coming to you with the right intentions with education with knowledge mm -hmm. answer questions there's a different tone to absolutely is do this now dopamine hit and we see this in the diet industry as well where it's right. two weeks to your perfect body 30 right. days we lose 50 pounds like these crazy false promises mm -hmm fall into that. I'm actually in the process of writing my story. I'm writing the outline of a book that I guess wants to come through me. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm going back into my story and I'm working with a storyteller, Andrew, who will be on the podcast soon. He's amazing. But he's like, so how many diets did you try? Like, let's go from the, from when you were 30 to when you were 40. And I was like, I start listing all the diets. I start listing all the gurus. I start listing all the powders. I start listing all the workouts. And he said, wow. like, how much money did you spend on that? And I'm like, right. we don't want to know that right now. But I was looking for a quick fix. I was looking for a quick solution. I was looking to change my body. I wasn't looking to change myself. And I guess that could go back to what you're saying. If you're an entrepreneur and you have a purpose and you have a an idea and you're creating something of substance, you don't want to go to somebody that's going to tell you, I'm going to help you make a lot of money in two weeks. I want to help you. We're going to, we're going to, yeah. It's, 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 so who, whoever you go with, it's in a way aligned to what you're looking for, to where you are. So if you're looking for a quick fix, you're going to go for the quick fix. But if you're looking to build and educate and, 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 and depth in what you're doing, you're going to look for somebody that's going to deliver that for you. And I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I think that it's, it's delivered in the tone. It's delivered in the messaging. Um, somebody who is a little like, what's the expression? Nothing smells worse than desperation. You know, somebody who's a little desperate to get that sale is going to take a higher pressure, um, higher pressure approach. So, um, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to pepper this conversation and sounds like a pessimist because I think there are some incredibly talented people out there. What I want to pepper this conversation with is, is education, 
which is, and I say this to everybody all the time, which is trust your gut. If it doesn't feel good, you know, then you should listen to yourself. And if you're making a, you know, a five figure investment or something like that, you should really ask yourself what you expect the outcomes to be from that. Um, you know, and I think literally ask that, what am I getting from this? Yeah. Where, where do you want to be at the end of this program? You know, and you know, just for my own, ex my, this, ex uh, going back to this program that I'm in now, it's like, for me, good sense was at a standstill. You know, we got through 2020, which was amazing. Um, I think, I think we secured somewhere around the realm of $4 million for our clients and all the different programs. Um, but I got to 2021 and I just felt like I was at a plateau. I literally, it was never a problem for me to see the next step, but I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do next. Like I literally am like, I'm like looking at this business and I'm looking at my team and I'm like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like so I wanted to become a better leader. And I looked at this curriculum and it was a lot, I'm not a great self-studier. I know that about myself. Um, this it had a lot of different live components and yeah, it paid for itself hands down. You know, we, we, our revenue grew by 40%, our team, we had four additional team members, you know, so like, I'm just get real about it. You know, don't like the snake oil salesman thing is still alive and well, you got to be careful. And, well, but you said, I wanted to become a better leader. Yeah. You weren't thinking I need to get 40% or more of our revenue, which there's nothing wrong with. There's nothing wrong with wanting to make more money. Yeah. But approach it, it. It's what is the intention of what you're doing? You know, I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to feel healthy. I want to feel vibrant. I want to wake up in the morning full of energy. It's right. you approach it differently. One will ask you to starve yourself and punish yourself and maybe you'll lose it and then gain it back. The other one is asking you to look at yourself in a deeper way and adjust your lifestyle, which is a statement you made in the, in the yeah. beginning. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, a, it's actually, well, um, I just actually renewed because that was that was one year and I got to the end of that program and I said, you know, I'm not done yet. I still have more to learn. Um, <clears throat> and that's that's really important to me. I mean, it's actually one of the good senses uh, core values is excellence and evolution. Right. Because we can only be excellent if we evolve. And I think that's very important. Uh -huh. uh, and that's part of the money journey. Right. Like you're not going to learn everything today. But, you know, it's like little bit by little bit by little bit, you know, it's, it's the compound interest effect, right? So <laughs> little, then it grows big and you're like, okay, I got, you know, so yeah. um, it's a, it's the same approach I have. I tell people you're not going to achieve all your goals in eight weeks, but I'm going to teach you and educate you throughout this time. And you will make a lot of progress, but then you got to keep going and right. you come back. You can do it on your own. You can see, but it doesn't end there. The, the, the story never ends if you're truly making a lifestyle or, or a long-lasting change. And for me, awareness is number one. What's your story? Why are you here? What are you inten your intentions? What are you willing to, to adjust? Adaptability. Okay, we're going to do things differently now. Am I willing to do that? Am I willing to be a person that does that? And then you have to get action. So what do I have to do? And if you don't know what to do, People like us are here to help you and get you organized and give you the education. So it's it all starts with you and your intention and your awareness and what is it that you really want 
deep down inside. So Justine, how do you, before I let you go, how do you care for yourself? Because you are a busy lady. I'm a very busy lady. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I do a lot of different things. And again, I got to the end of 2020 and I was just a hot mess. I was not feeling good, girl. Um, and prior, right before lockdown started, I was like, I'm going to read a little bit every day because my brain felt like a, a ping pong ball, right? Like social media. I was just like, I just couldn't concentrate for more than like 15 minutes at a clip, you know? And I was like, okay, so I'm going to start to read 20 minutes every morning. And I started that before quarantine or lockdown and then lockdown happened and that got tabled. And so at the end of 2020, I, I picked up the book I was reading, which was Atomic Habits by James Clear. Love it. <clears throat> I love it. And I, that's what I did. I started reading 20 minutes a day. And that's a habit. I changed it up a little bit this year. I hit 76% of the days in 2021. So, um, and this year I changed it up. It's um, six days a week. And it's either reading, listening to an audio book or a podcast. So that but just the focus time. So I do that. I exercise regularly. I meditate. I have a whole process where I have, I keep myself organized, you know, and my stickers, I love my stickers. So every time I do it, uh, every time I, I, I work out, I have little weight stickers and I stick it on the calendar. And, uh, you know, when I read, I stick a little, look, I'll show you. They're so cute. I, I used to love stickers. They're so, look, so look, see, this is my little weight sticker. Can you see it? <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> and these are my little meditation stickers, little lotus flowers. I love that because it's like whatever brings you joy, right? How do you use these things with beautiful I love it. The little book stickers and I have my little words. Well, I love also the fact that you have stickers because that means you have a real calendar. Yeah, and then there's like little money stickers for tracking money and it all goes like... Phew. You see, she has a paper calendar. Like <laughs> I know. So, um, but, but that actually, yeah, there you go. Um, but that was part of the, like, it's part of the atomic habit things, right? It's like habit tracking. And this is how I keep myself sane. Yeah. Um, and just, it's, it gives me focus time on myself because my work is very, um, it, it's funny. People don't, I think if maybe, maybe it's my approach. Like people don't think of money, um, as heavy, but it's a huge energetic lift every day. Um, I if you if you have bookkeepers out there, love love your bookkeepers. You got love your bookkeepers because we do it a lot out here. You guys don't even know about. Uh, you know, it, it's it's very tedious. You know, so um, just taking care of myself is important so that I can be the best for for my team, for my clients, and my family. So yeah, and I those are important things. Ed, educa education, curiosity, learning is part of you exercising your brain muscle, right? Because I yes. say, when I opened QuickBooks for the first time, <laughs> you're like, I, no, I had a headache. I was crying. I was like, I don't know. So you need, it's like you need that part of your brain to really be active. So you are exercising by, and I think, I mean, the, the minute you, we, we lose our, desire to keep learning it's like something dies inside like if you yeah. don't like you want to mm -hmm. learn eat anything so and sometimes we, we, we don't have the time or we don't want to but just 
picking that habit up again is so beautiful. And I love that you shared that with us. So if anybody would like to work with you, find you, take your courses, get in touch, how can they do that? Yeah, so our website is Good Sense Management. So it's Good Sense, C-E-N-T-S, like dollars and cents. <laughs> Management MGMT. So that's goodsensemgmt.com. And then I uh, also, for the bookkeeping mentorship program, that's justinelackey.com. I'm um, also Justine Lackey on Instagram. And I saw somebody saying, I need stickers. Etsy. Etsy has every sticker you would ever want in your life. It's amazing. <laughs> it's been such a joy talking to you like this. Just yeah. Girlfriends. And I cannot recommend you and your team enough for anybody that's interested. It's Thank a really you. dynamic but also in general, women get organized with your money. Enough. It is a form of self-care. That we it, didn't say. So, thank you so much. My, it was my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. I'll enjoy spending time with you and your good juju. Thank you. Sending <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> thank you for listening. For nutrition, coaching, wellness offerings, and upcoming events, please visit my website, paolaatrason.live. And for daily musings and simple advice, you can find me on Instagram at paolaatrasonwellness. Sending love.